0: Hello, and welcome to the Shifting Culture Podcast, in which we have conversations about the culture we create and the impact we can make. We long to see the body of Christ look like Jesus. I'm your host, Joshua Johnson. Go to ShiftingCulturePodcast.com to interact or donate. And don't forget to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast app to get notified when new episodes come out each Tuesday. There's a great opportunity for you. It is the Catalyze cohort I'm leading starting the first week of January. For eight weeks, we will journey with you and give you all the tools needed to ignite a movement to Jesus across the street and across the globe. Find out more information by clicking the link in the show notes or just email me. My email address is also in the show notes. Previous guests on the show have included Curtis Sargent, Neil Cole, and Jonathan Fokker. You could go back, listen to those episodes, and more. But today's guest is Lee Wood. Lee is founder and initial catalyst of One Body Church in Tampa, Florida, as well as a missionary and apostolic leader with a world vision to launch disciple-multiplying movements until the whole world knows Jesus. We talk about what it takes to ignite and sustain a movement, lessons he has learned, mistakes he has made along the way, and what he's learned from them, and intimacy with Jesus. I loved the conversation, and I'm sure you will too. Here is Lee Wood. Lee, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, I'm excited most of the time, though. So <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you're excited. Uh, what first got you excited then about Jesus? What, uh, what happened?
1: So my story started with a guy sharing w- the gospel with me when I was 23 years old. I'd never heard of the death, barrel, and the resurrection of Jesus before, and he was my roommate aboard a ship. I was a merchant seaman, and mm-hmm. his name was Rod Friends, and he told me that Jesus loves me, and um, I didn't want to hear that. I was rude to him, treated him badly, uh, but... Um, Several months later, after he'd left that ship, he had given me a Gideon's New Testament. And um, I was um, having a bad reaction to some drugs I was doing. And I thought about the Jesus he told me about. Mm. And I cried out to Jesus and said, help me, I can't. And I couldn't spell repentance, brother, but I must have because uh, my com- life completely changed and I haven't gotten over Jesus from then to now, from 24 to 62. So I think I'm always going to be excited about Jesus.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. And he, he's he's brought you in. And so what does it then look like for uh, your tr- story and your transformation in uh becoming like Jesus yourself um, and finding out what is this relationship like Jesus and then, and then helping others find Jesus and become disciples of him.
1: Yeah. So interestingly, when I came to faith, I was aboard that ship and all I had was that Gideon's new Testament with Psalms and Proverbs. So basically all that I did was read the Bible, pray and lift weights Hmm. and no preacher, no building, that I begin to voraciously um, devour the Word of God and realize that God gave me a gift to memorize the Word of God. So um, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Neither can he understand them being spiritually discerned. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that, that you may grow thereby. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand, bro. I realized that Jesus spoke to me through prayer, his word. Mm. And I realized that Paul wrote all the books of the Bible that start with Paul without going to Bible college. <laughs> so my whole life was different. Mm. And um, I began to um, realize that God speaks. And John 17 was always the target on the wall for me to share with others where he prays three times that all his followers. um, I was an orphan. I didn't have I didn't. I grew up in an orphanage. Hmm. I realized that I had a family like you and I are related because of Jesus. No orphans. So those things that I received from him, I've always been able and wanted to pass on. Acts 1.8 says, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me. I had a want to from the very start. The very first person that I led to Jesus was aboard that same ship. He said, what happened to you? I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you're not drunk all the time. Oh, that. <laughs> so I took that Gideon's New Testament. And I nobody I had no classes, no training. Okay, And I showed him John 3.16. I got to the end of John 3.16. And I said, you want to? And he said, yeah. So we started reading the Bible and I read Philippians four 13 and I realized the media application for me is I could obey is I realized that if I obeyed what Jesus was speaking to me about that he revealed more of himself to me. Um, He that has my commandments and keeps them. He it is that loves me and he that loves me shall be loved to my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So the manifestation of Jesus to sons and daughters is in response to hearing his voice and obeying and sharing that with others. I got that without any um, training whatsoever. Mm. And what I found out at 63 years of age is the same thing that was true at 24 years of age. And that's what I press into Mm. from my home to every relationship that God has given to me. And I think that's what Jesus did is he filtered from the many down to the few And so i'm simply trying to follow the model that jesus left for all of us to obey and i think that's really what we're doing on this podcast by the
0: way yeah and i think that's great and it's one of my favorite things is what what you just articulated is hear from jesus and then just do what he says and obey that and uh, if we could all do that, the world would be a much better place. <laughs> it would be a much better place. That's
1: John seventeen. <laughs> he prays three times for that: that we would be one with Jesus and the Father. Yep. Right. That the world might know.
0: Yeah, and so Praise you know, God. for for you as you're you're interacting with other believers, and you know that John seventeen. I mean, one of the things is we have to love one another. Uh, really well, so the world will know that we're his disciples. And so one of the things I think what is happening here in the Western church is a lot of not loving one another very well. Um, Where are some pockets that you've seen that believers are are loving each other well? And what does that look like uh, within the groups that you're around?
1: So in Tampa, where um, I first I had the why John 17 that the world yeah. might know. And then I got what you actually said. I had to have, I had no model. So I met a guy in the providence of God that said, here's the how, just what you said, love God, yeah, love others, make disciples who do the same. So I came back home to Tampa and just started obeying from uh, my home with my wife and Jesus has done amazing things uh, in Tampa, Florida, where we've seen disciples and churches that are those simple kind of micro home churches that we we talk about, right? Yeah. And so in Tampa, Florida, there's a community of those and a consent a network, even a church of churches from Tampa. And we've been again, we've been able to see that from Tampa to Houston to San Francisco. So like not even knowing you guys are doing the same thing from your home in Kansas City. So yeah. I think one of the challenges for us, bro, is like there's a lot more than there once was, right? Yeah. Even in our own nation, we're just sort of spread out. And that's why I'm so thankful for um, opportunities like this to be able to connect, communicate, and leverage modern tools, okay? And to collaborate from your house to my house. Like, I got Holy Ghost
0: goosebumps just talking to you on this (laughs)
1: podcast about it because this is the stuff.
0: This is it. This is it. So when you first started to hear about what does it look like, like disciples making disciples and he said I want to go and I want to to try that. I want to obey. I want to actually love God uh and make disciples love one another, right? And so what did what did you do um and what were some of the 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 things that you learned along the way?
1: Yeah, you're a great uh podcast uh podcast person. you ask great questions. So um I did a lot of things wrong, but I got some stuff. I got some stuff right. So um, the first person that uh, we ever led to Jesus was the first disciple in Tampa was Amanda Dinan, and she was demon possessed Hmm. and her daughter was influenced by those. So we started with people that were lost and we led them to Jesus and they didn't have a lot of inertia toward the prevailing model of of church at that time. So, uh, we started, um, among the least, the lost, the last, um, just from our, from our household. And then as I learned not to go wide, to go deep, which I made that mistake, I, mm. I went really wide and I didn't pour deeply into the few. Then when I actually learned that, that I should only be doing what Jesus says, okay. <laughs> and not producing, you know, Um, that was a lesson to learn is that like, I could, I could, um, only do the things that he said with the ones that he gave to me. Mm. And they started getting the depth of that. In other words, the depth of the ministry, not that he, if we take care of the depth of intimacy and he'll take care of the breadth. So that was a major learn for us. And then when we actually started doing that, then we were able to see both, um, um, people from lostness become laborers, and but we were also able to see our brothers and sisters that uh, were already believers, we were able to begin to train them in those mm. things as well, and to pour deeply into the few who will obey, no matter what the cost, because as you're well aware, this is, um, it, sometimes I think we make it, we talk about it, and we think it's a plug and play thing, it's tremendously painful, yeah. and and difficult, and you will suffer. But except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it beareth much fruit. And herein is our Father glorified, that we bear much fruit. Mm. So really, the cost of that this kind of discipleship is a willingness to die, and mm. that's not cliche. It's the truth because um, it's worth it. So we learn those lessons. It took me seven years to learn seven things. Basically, I learned one thing every seven years. And <laughs> I've, shared, I've shared a couple of those things in this <laughs> just, just rambling reply to your question.
0: Yeah, well, you know, instead of going wide, you went deep with a few. Uh, you know, my question is, if you look at the, the parable uh, of the soils, you look three out of those four soils are, are actually going to fall away. And so if you find some ripe fruit, some really good soil that will actually bear 30, 60, 100 fold, uh, that's great. We want to work with those. But at the beginning, a lot of times second and third soil people look like they're going to be good soil people. Um, So how do we continue to to find others and continue to go deep? and not just say hang out with a a few people and then realize that they're second and third soil and then you're left with nothing um after a couple of years what how do we how do you navigate that and knowing that some people are actually going to fall away and some people are going to bear much fruit
1: yeah so uh that's a great question too so you realize like if apostolic prophetic people are the point of the spear, right. And I'm a catalyst. I didn't even know what I was when the guy was pouring into me. I said, what am I? He said, like, you're a catalyst. I'm like, what's a catalyst? (laughs) So, uh, and then I actually didn't even know that you could be apostolic still. So I'm good at starting stuff. So it's the answer to the question is no matter what your gifting is, we all are one and we have to be able to, to filter, um, To obedience, like a lot of people in the Mm. kingdom will say, like the son, there's two sons. I'll do that. I'm really interested in doing that. But then they won't do it. Yeah. So, but the others will say, I'm not even going to do that. But then they go and do it. So the answer to your question is, if they're trying at all, continue to spend time inside Mm. the assist with them, which doesn't take a lot of time, but also to steward those relationships for those that are trying and those that pull don't chase people. So I find a lot of people doing is they find someone that's totally not interested, but will waste your time (laughs) forever. Okay. And they continue to spend like enormous time years Mm. with people that are not um, that they're really just like, yeah, I'll be your friend. I'll like, act like I'm interested. But what it comes down to is we have to filter through what my shirt actually says, those that will obey no matter what the cost. So that's what Jesus did. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, or you can't be my disciple. Sell everything that you have, give it to the poor and come Mm. and follow me. So he used parables and hard sayings to get down to where he spent the majority of his time with the three, the five, the 12. And he's called and chosen us to do those same things. That doesn't mean we love our brothers and sisters, but there there are only going to be a few that you have Jesus Pretty much laid everything on John 17. I haven't lost any that you've given to me. Yeah. And so he basically said, I'm hanging everything on these 11. And I look at things personally and try to communicate with people. I get to have, I get to be an outside catalyst outside of Tampa to a lot of places, but I'm obeying with the ones in Tampa he's given me soon to be Fort Myers. And then I get to do that regionally, okay, or um, nationally. And then globally as well so i'm looking for those few who will obey no matter what the cost Mm. at every fractal level of my
0: relationships Mm.
1: and it's always relational
0: before
1: organizational
0: ah and that's that's really key so what does that that look like for you as you're working i mean as you're working with the 2414 network uh and that's a that's a network that is actually pretty relational that uh, supersedes organization, uh, that there are a lot of different organizations, a lot of different people within that trying to have the same goal, the common purpose uh, to ignite movements um, and see disciple making movements and church planting movements in every every place. Uh, so what? how do we, we do that relationally when there are even cross purposes within organizations?
1: So I think the foundation, or just like what we're talking about, like this, is there's we're on the same page with regard to intimacy. And yeah. it's intimacy with Jesus and the Father. There's oneness, that intimacy is the foundational pillar. And then unity is the second pillar, is where we are recognizing that we're disciples, we're churches, and we can cross over geographical, ethno-linguistic, socioeconomic. Um, we can cross over all boundaries simply as disciples and churches, house to house, city to city, um, region to region, nation to nation, and we mm-hmm. can connect, communicate, and collaborate with one another freely, just like the micro model of Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, the church in Antioch. So I think we can do those one another's with one another, just like us connecting in Kansas City and say, hey, can you do this with me? And can... What do I have that you need? How do we steward those relationships? Because you're doing exactly the same thing in all your spheres of influence, yeah. okay? From Kansas City unto the nations, i.e., um, even with all nations in Southern Africa, if I can say if I can say that, yeah. and around the world, and I'm doing the same thing from our household. And what connects us is Jesus, man. Yeah. And we make that way more complicated than it needs to be. Yes, we but- do. Like, wait like, we just don't need to com- we just don't need to complicate we don't need to complicate it I love you you love me this is not a Barney song okay but we can share with one another and we can do that um, from our households unto the uttermost parts of the world with mm. one
0: another yeah everything
1: everything I have is yours
0: yeah that's great and I'd love it if other people would make it that simple um and just say <laughs> it is it is that simple right and we could we could do this and we could grow, and we could actually see the kingdom of God uh, advance around the world because we're we're people that simply love and obey Jesus uh, in every aspect. I'll throw it of back at
1: you. I'll throw it back at you. I'm becoming the podcast. Host. <laughs> oh, here what, we go. What What do you think? Our, every context has its challenges. Yep. What do you think the, con- the challenges that we, what do you see and hear those being in a North American context that keeps us away from the simplicity that's in Jesus?
0: Uh, well, the model that we've been given uh, as is a complex model. Uh, and it is actually built more on division than it is on unity because especially in the Protestant world that we have actually just moved in from Uh, different denominations, they're built on the things that I don't like about the other people in the other denomination. And so we're actually known more for what we're against than what we're for. And so if we would sit back and say, bring Jesus back to the center uh, and bring Jesus back into his rightful place as the founder and the Lord of our movement, which is you know we're all part of this 2000-year-old movement of Christ followers and what does it look like to be a Christ follower so if we bring him back to the center things will actually be a lot better but it it actually requires that death right it requires us to die to ourselves it requires us to stop uh, grappling for power and stop saying hey i want all the the accolades or i want to be popular or I need to produce this and that. So it actually requires us to say, I'm not gonna be tempted by what Satan is is tempting me with, is bringing it all about me, is we have to bring it back into, it's all about Jesus. We have to hear from him, we have to obey him, um, and then we can move forward. But it's actually gonna take that, that repentance uh, part of the church to say, oh, we actually haven't been about Jesus, we've been about all these other things, And so we actually have to repent, see Jesus for who he is, put him back in his rightful place. And then we could actually move forward together with new paradigms and new practices and new things to say, what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus instead of a disciple of whatever else we've been disciples of? Because we haven't all been disciples of Jesus. So
1: I think uh, that's what we're getting to model with one another on this podcast and i think that snowball is actually growing yep and so like um we're not doing something new we're doing something that's very old and that model is more and more emerging of what you just articulated so well and that's really what um People tend to think organizationally, not relationally. Yeah. That's why I avoid um I avoid saying like one-body church even in Tampa anymore, because it's a church of churches. Yeah. It's a, a and so I avoid even saying 2414 yeah. sometimes because I just want to, I just want the simplicity of Jesus. I do see disciples, I do see churches, I do see cities, and I do see regions in the Bible. Bible, And I see that unity of Jesus as King, as Lord, Master, and that the operational administrative stuff comes out of that relational intimacy with God and with one another. And that's what mm-hmm. excites me about being able to tug on the same end of rope that you are with your bride from your household unto. We're getting to do that with one another. I've never been more excited in my life. And Mm. I wonder why um, I always sort of saw these things and I wondered why, why was there this gap between what I read in the new Testament and what I, and what I actually saw. Yeah. And um, I just have to trust the providence Mm. and the sovereignty of God inside of there. But um, I'm super honored uh, to co-labor with one another because we're exactly on the same page, bro. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I had to, you know, I was in Brazil a few weeks ago and I was teaching on, Ephesians 4, fivefold ministry, how we could all work together, play our part uh, so that we could actually see movement happen. And one of the the, the brothers from a church down down in Brazil said to me, it's like, how come I've never seen this before? How come this isn't taught? How come a different model has been taught? And I actually had to, I actually repented there saying, you know, as the Western church, I say, I repent from somebody from the Western church that we have brought poor models yeah. and a bad model. And we've multiplied that around the world. And so we have to repent and actually be saying, hey, we we may have done it wrong. And we could actually correct some things and move people uh, into a different place. Uh, what are you seeing as you're moving from, uh, you know, regionally and and nationally into international. Um, and what are you seeing around the world? What are some of the challenges that you have seen? And what are some things that are easier uh, around the world than they are in North America?
1: A good question. And so um, probably the same stuff that that you see and hear a lot. So what I found out is, um, one is we're not in competition, the prevailing model of, of church. Okay, it takes many, M-A-N-Y, many, M-I-N-I, Churches to make one city church. Yeah. So, pursuing the unity of, uh, of that, even with our brothers and sisters, we're not in competition. We're all a part of the body, the bride. And I'm seeing a, an interest um, in the prevailing model of churches, not only locally, but regionally and globally, to um, want to collaborate with mm-hmm. one another which i think is good i just take, think it takes many more of these most simple expressions simple home gym coffee shop um businesses that are functioning as yep. the ecclesia as the prevailing model so i'm seeing that um, where i'm seeing that easier or i think to be catalyzed um um Faster, honestly, okay, is where people actually have community already. Um, one of the greatest right. challenges in a US context to me is the shortness of our relation, the shortness of our relational ties yeah. and, depra- and depravity of time to actually live in community that way in love with Jesus and one, one another. We want to produce that quickly, and yeah. um, we want to snap it, we want to make it plug and play. Um, You have to have that in order for Jesus to multiply it. So you have to take care of the most simple expression of that and not think that you can produce that um, by business means. Like I know how to do plug and play. I know how to produce in a business context. That's not Mm. the church. Yeah. Um, So the um, so I see in other places where there's not the preponderance of what you said, the exportation of the prevailing model where they're actually closer to community. It actually um, is catalyzed more quickly. One of the one things I'm most excited about is probably over 20 percent of of what's remaining unreached, unengaged people groups are comprised of deaf people groups. Well, the deaf are um, are people groups. Okay, they have. In many cases, language, but they have community. They identify with one another. So we're seeing deaf, reaching deaf, not only nationally. I got a report just today of a deaf home church in Pensacola that ha- had four deaf um deaf um, college students come to faith and baptize from their house church, and they're doing the same thing in Togo, moving to Mauritius Mm. and functioning as deaf and CODAs or well-intentioned hearing where we actually already have movement among hearing. I think the deaf are actually going to be an example for the hearing of community. Mm. So I'm seeing that and I get, and you get that I'm way up high. Okay. I see us, um, um, the, um, the deaf, actually beginning to pursue movement patterns and principles in mm. community with one another with that depth of that. And I see and hear God working in the deaf communities, not only mm. nationally, but globally um, to see um, sort of, um, I believe, uh, a major portion of the completion of the Great Commission, brother.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. And then one of the things that is needed is to cre- create some, the the Bible in that, those deaf languages, because not everybody, nobody around the world speaks American Sign Language. Americans, deaf Americans speak American Sign Language. So there's also a, a need to figure out language, deaf language around the world, too. And that's a huge need. I mean, for people who don't know, we've just recently, just a few months ago, Finally, completed the first ASL Bible. Um, and so, American Sign Language finally has the, a complete Bible. But, and there's a big need there as well of figuring out what does it look like to get the stories of Jesus in the hands of uh, the deaf community.
1: So, one thing about that, uh, because I'm catalytic and I agree, but one thing I found out that like ASL is very similar to Kenyan. Um, mm. sign. So there are, there are, they're close enough in some, la- some ways that we can take as the catalyst part of that. Yep. I agree. Some of those don't even have language. They have zero language yet. Yeah. Okay. That's hard. That's daunting. But the ones that do have some form of language, if we have nearness, we can actually, we can actually get started with story sets mm. and work on both and not either or with one yep. another. So we're doing that. With one another, and it's tremendously exi- it's tremendously exciting to me to like not export, um, I don't mean this badly, or even deaf prevailing models of churches where one is speaking to mm. the many and it's addition, it's not multiplication. We're actually pursuing um, with one another mm. the deaf reaching the deaf using movement pa- patterns and, and, and principles. So that's something that I see that I'm excited about inside yeah. of our country and globally.
0: Yeah. So, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're excited, saying, I want to go out and make disciples that love and obey Jesus, they'll make more disciples in simple uh, communities of Jesus and simple house churches that will multiply or any other forms of church that will multiply. How would you go about it, about it? What would you do to start? Um, and what are some of these principles? You said you learned seven principles in seven years. So, how could we actually? learn from your mistakes and learn from what you learned um, and start something and continue to move forward. What would you say to get started?
1: So you're a genius because if you can avoid the mistakes of the people that are like a step ahead of you, then it's better, right? That's Mm -hmm. what it is. So that's the whole goal. So I think people have to be able to see it and hear it. And so one thing that we do in Tampa In a Western context is every six weeks we hold an immersion experience where people come and stay in actual homes that are house churches. They see a work inside of a community of the the community with people from lost to labor trying to transform the culture of that community. And then they attend a home church and go to a one-day intensive and then actually meet with functioning elders in a Western context of a completely decentralized. What we're working on is seeing that happen in other places, just like you guys in Kansas City, us in Tampa house to house. That's what 2414 North American conference is about. The same thing in Houston, the same thing in San Francisco, the same thing in Denver and to be able to see different models doing that. So hybrids actually are pursuing that in Topeka, Topeka, Kansas. Now I think, you know, um, Louie and Tara Constantino, they're pursuing pursuing that same thing in in Denver. So we have lots of different um, um, cities where people are pursuing this. So I think the first thing is to connect with a city to yeah. actually hear and see what it is, not just the training piece. Yeah. So for me, the training piece, we live lead with trainings or even re- nobody learned to ride a bicycle by reading a book, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so nobody's nobody's gonna learn how to do this stuff, I believe, by going to a training. You need to hear it and see it substantively with somebody that's a practitioner from their household, is the model, and then to be able to continue in a mentor-mentee relationship with that person like Paul did with Timothy, like Paul did with Priscilla and Aquila. We need to do those things with one another, and then we need to strengthen and encourage one another from city to city, just like this, man. Hey, the church in Tampa is going to be praying For the church in kansas city and we're connected relationally we're a sister church we're sister churches that's what we are pursuing um, multiplying disciples and churches who transform community so i'd say the answer is is like where is the closest one to you okay and to be able to go there establish relationship Mm. Um, i just think that we've been in a western context from tampa That's what we did. I'm not saying that's the only way. There's lots of other ways, but it has to be relational, um, not organizational. And you have to have, you have to have ongoing um, coaching, um, not just, okay, you got it, go and do that there. You got to stay connected and pouring deeply into the ones that that, that he gives to you. I think we try to go too fast. I think we try to go too fast and too wide. And we don't spend, we don't spend time with those that are, like, we miss people. I think we have four soil people like you're talking about. Yeah. We don't spend the amount of time that we should with them because we're in such a big hurry and we're going so wide.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, it, <laughs> that's so good. I mean, I just, we have those questions. I'm doing, we're doing some missionary training right now and we're talking about movements. And that was the big question because you, know, when you're thinking about movements, you think about multi- multiplication is fast. Um, so you think, so on the outside, it looks fast. On the inside, it it feels really slow um, and it's a lot of hard work uh, and difficult. And a lot of people don't see that. And I think that's a lot of opposition of, of movement principles, movement thinking comes from the fact where they're like, hey, it's too fast, it's way too fast, it's way too fast. But if they go on the inside of a movement, what it looks like is, as deep, deep, slow discipleship with people that are making mistakes, that are learning how to live like Jesus, look like Jesus, um, but are Uh are sinning and repenting and 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 figuring out how to come together. Uh But it's just a deep, deep discipleship work. And so one of the things is I love that you have to say, let's see it um, and not just to make judgments about it from the outside because of of what we see. We don't actually see the inner workings of what it looks like. Um and two, I think it's really good to say, all right, you're you're gifted a certain way. There's different expressions of what this looks like. Um and so what are you seeing as different expressions of the body of Christ uh around the world or right here where you are in Tampa? What does that look like? Uh, you said something, maybe it's in a coffee shop, maybe it's somewhere this, what What does it look like?
1: We So, man, you are hammering stuff that is so good that I don't get to hear a lot of people say, so I just want to say, this has been a massive blessing, like, mm-hmm. completely all this with you, but what you just said, because we sell multiplication. Yeah, We're so Western. Oh, here's the byproduct. No, multiplication is just a byproduct of being those types of disciples, okay? Yeah. And it's painful, and it takes time. And I don't get to hear people say that. So thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in Tampa, what's emerged is. And is continuing to emerge is the multiplication of disciples, churches, leaders, which we didn't get at first, and businesses so that you have a scaling, sustainable ecosystem. Mm. So in other words, like if you want to see the Priscilla's and the Aquila's and functioning as the ecosystem, administrative and operationally and caring for the poor, like the feeding of the widows and the daily administration, you actually, that has to function as the ecosystem of the Ecclesia yeah. over a geographical area. And so I don't mean that badly, but but scaling and sustainable fragmentation of individual silos of the prevailing model of church doesn't see the transformation of culture. Right. So what we're actually working on and trying to include others in is recognizing we have to have people that businesses actually function as as part of the ecclesia. So yeah. in other words, your customers, your employees and your suppliers are all potential streams of multiplying disciples and churches. And then we have to be able to actually start um, with people that are practitioners, businesses so that we're not constantly doing the development piece of fundraising and that we're actually sending them out as disciples, churches and businesses from Western context. So we're doing that same thing, the same things locally nationally and globally with one another yeah. sharing so I'll use an example of somebody that you know that you're doing the same thing Jonathan Fokker. <laughs> I love that guy, man. <laughs> I met, I met I met him in Europe, right? We've been chopping it up together closely relationally sharing with one another not as orgs, okay, but as disciples and churches yeah. across the world sharing with one another. And we bumped into one another at a restaurant in Kansas City. Jesus is totally doing this. And it's just hard for people to hear and see it. And that's why modern tools like these are so valuable. If people can realize that God's totally doing this thing. Um, the same things that I'm articulating, the same yep. things you're articulating, man. So those are some of the things that we're seeing from Tampa. Another thing that we're doing is we're recognizing, I think, 70 to 80 percent of the giftings are probably shepherds and teachers. Right. And we compare ourselves among ourselves and we think, oh, oh and apostolic people basically, uh, uh, they're starters. Right. But the majority of people are gifted and shepherds. And so we need to be able to use tools like um, trauma healing um, tools the same way as we use apostolic tools and we try to give all those tools to shepherds when they actually are emerging and thinking that they're less than in many cases because of Mm. the amount of fruit but we all are bearing fruit. That's the way Jesus looks at it with one another. We're bearing fruit. So what we think that trauma relief and recovery are massive tools Mm. to use the same three thirds format discovery Bible study. And we actually see the growth of the community of the church with shepherds and teachers at the city level. And I don't think very many people understand that, bro.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's really, that's key and vital. And I think uh, more and more, I mean, trauma care, and walking people through those issues and health has been, is really crucial, especially right now in this t- day and age that we live in, out, coming out of COVID. Um, I'm moving
1: to Fort Myers for the yeah. hurricane Kevin, that we're leaving Tampa and literally moving to Fort Myers and doing those things right now to catalyze from the hurricane.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we're seeing it all over. And so we have to to get that accomplished and we have to say, what does it look like to make disciples uh, there. I mean, I've heard a statistic recently that about 60, 67% of the U.S. population uh, has felt depressed and anxious wow. recently. So depression and anxiety is skyrocketing. And that that's up from about, uh, about 20 years ago, it was like 4 or 5% of the population. Um, and so if we don't have tools for shepherds, uh, That's right. In our communities, um we are actually we can't do any apostolic things um because nobody's going to want to continue to to obey so and we're seeing that around the around the church that because we're not actually discipling people through, to obedience to Jesus and shepherding their heart through the trauma that they've been through and the depression that they feel they're actually leaving trying to find it somewhere else because they they're hurting and they know that they need it um and so it's crucial so thank you for putting some tools into the hands of the shepherds and knowing that they actually have a big part to play
1: you're trying to mobilize people like i see these like the giftings like you're training on it already in brazil but apostles are like well hey we label people that that are shepherds that are probably for soil people. And just because they, we try to mobilize yeah. shepherds. or We try to mobilize even apostles before you actually deal with the junk in the trunk, you know, yeah. like so the people that are coming out of prison, um, uh, the people that are, uh, that are um, coming in addiction recovery where the enemy meant to destroy them. You're trying to mobilize them even apostolically before healing takes place. We're just in too big a hurry. Yeah. Um, with that. And uh, we have to slow down. That's my biggest counsel to people that are apostolic is like, stop bouncing all around and take <laughs> care of that in your backyard and, yeah. and and work with the shepherds and teachers as they're emerging, instead of just trying to do stuff just by going mm-hmm. and showing. Um, that's where um, I'm, I'll be. I'll, I'll get up on my soapbox here because I hear DMM and CPM people talk about, oh, oh that's social justice. No, that's obedience to Jesus, man, in your in your backyard. You got to do Matthew 25 and Matthew 28 to the least of these, my brothers and sisters. That's just as much going and sowing the gospel as is is going and sharing your testimony, your personal story, is staying there long enough to see them emerge and wanting to Mm -hmm. actually engage inside of that as a follower of Jesus who hears obeys mm. and wants to spread. So, that's me on my soapbox about <laughs> um, people saying that social justice is not DMM, CPM.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. And I think that, you know, as we're trying to to create something, start new things. So, if you're an apostolic, apostle, you're a catalyst, you're trying to start new things, one of the things that you're you're good at and you should be good at is creating some scaffolding. For people, for the movement to start to emerge and and things to start to multiply. Uh, I see a lot of people and Catalyst Apostolic people, people in DMM and CPM, they take their hands off of the the thing that they've built and it crumbles. Um, And there's nothing inside, no structure on the inside, um, and things haven't actually been built. What are the things? How how do you raise up uh, some leaders? And multiply leaders so that you could establish something on the inside and things aren't crumbling when you leave.
1: That's <laughs> you are <a> great great, <laughs> great questions. So you need to see, like there's a biblical framework for um, um leadership that emerges out of the work that you're actually mm. doing. Um, I think one, we need to be recognizing um people um that are emerging as leaders, as just servants Of what they are, okay, and then recognition, elders, elder. So in Tampa, it's really interesting. If I look across the network of churches or the church of churches, we have people literally in hundreds, nineties, seventies, sixties, fifties, forties, twenties, tens, and children. It looks like generationally, as the church family and elders. are eldering. And so we appoint elders just in a biblical fashion, and they're functioning at a city or over a geographical area, and they have all of the giftings. They have all five Mm -hmm. full giftings um, represented um, over geographical areas, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And that's really weird Um, for people in a Western context, bro, because they've never seen it, but that's what we have to do at at the city level with one another, which is, I know the same thing that you're talking about and actually say you're repentant, but I see you doing that inside uh, from your home um, where you're better at it than me is like, we just simply do that from a church perspective, no separate Um, no separate org. I think that's one of the strengths of the work in Tampa, okay, is it's not a separate um, 501c3 org. Mm -hmm. We're actually able to do that just as a decentralized network of a church of churches with elders that are all autonomous, self-governing, self-propagating, self-sustaining house churches, but that has eldership across a number of counties that are functioning that way, not only for oversight, but to serve the churches. Mm -hmm administrative and operationally. I think we can do that. Um, and that's one of the reasons I'll do the same thing at Fort Myers, but yeah. I stayed for 10 years in Tampa, bro. I didn't leave. I didn't bounce around. I stayed and did the hard yards here and went through that training cycle. And now we're able to be able to pass those things on nice. to other cities. So Nice.
0: That's exciting to see it. Now let's see it in other cities. Let's pass it along, and uh, grow this, grow this thing. What are what are some things that you haven't hit in our conversation? Any of those those things that you learned in seven years? I'd love to hear a couple of others that you we haven't hit yet.
1: Yeah, well, I haven't said them, so <laughs> I'll go through them and all. All right, do let's them. do it. So, so one, but you got them basically. One <laughs> is we take care of the depth; God takes care of the breadth. It's intimacy with Jesus and the Father. If you don't have that, nothing's gonna work. Mm. Two, pour deeply into the few who will obey no matter what the cost. Don't go wide, go deep. Three is I'm most encouraged by because he's faithful. Keep doing what you're doing and you will get better at it. Mm. So we win if we don't quit because Jesus is faithful. So yeah. um, we're gonna win. We're, we're we're winner, we're winners because of Jesus. Mm. Four is um obey and train others. This is a big one for me is we can't pass on what we don't possess. Yeah. So sort of my pet peeve is people that write books about DMM and CPM, but aren't practitioners themselves. Yeah. Okay. So that's one of the things is um, I think we have to have disciples. We have to have, <laughs> have churches, right? Yeah. Where I have to obey. I can't just be good, be going on podcasts and talking about these things. You know, I have to have an Amanda Dine and I have to have an Andre Dietrich. I have to have um, even having done that with, um, people in naming the naming those and like, okay, you can go there and you can see this. Okay. Yep. This is not theory. So obey and train others. That's Matthew 5, 19, um, five simple things do grow. Simple things do multiply, mm. but it's really hard. It's not production based. It's the it's the hard yards. Like you were talking about years, mistakes, dying. Yep. Okay. Six is it's always relational before it's organizational, always. Don't try to organize it till you have it. And that's a massive problem in the West is that we wanna organize it, we wanna produce it okay. We think if we do these things, this will happen, okay? That's not movement. It's not It's not God. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. Movement is the Spirit of God moving mm. upon us, and that's always relational. Re- they go together, one and six. Then the last one is, seven, is we must all connect like this relationally using modern tools. We have to communicate with one another, and we have to collaborate mm. in love, and unity as disciples and churches to the whole world knows. This podcast is pretty much an example, um, house to house, city to city, nation to nation, uh actually all of those seven things with one another, brother.
0: Yes. Beautiful. I love those seven things. And those and you could mind the depths of those for a long, long, long time. So hopefully people take those and mind the depths of what they they are and start to live it out. Uh, that's good. A couple of questions I have, I'd like to ask at the end. One uh, is if you could go back to your 21 year old self, what yeah. advice would you give? Wow.
1: um I definitely say that uh, the understanding that eternal life is, um, is to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent and to um, absolutely cling um, to that with your heart, soul, mind, and totality of your being mm. and to pass that on um, to um, everyone and don't be moved away. Um, I think one of the bigger uh, bigger things that happened in my own life is I substituted... Um, pre-Jesus drugs and alcohol for post-Jesus, I cashed in. I got to the place where um, I substituted drugs and alcohol for achievement and making money. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't serve God and mammon. And so the reality is, is store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't corrupt that the ROI is on the other side and have a willingness to spend and be spent for Jesus all the days of your life. Hmm. So um, some of those years in between where um, I was um, in accumulation mode and checking the box of church attendance and giving, it was pretty prideful. Um, If I had to do that all over again, um, I'd skip that phase.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Anything you've been reading, watching lately you could recommend?
1: Yeah, so I I have a, it's an older book, but it's by a guy that I went on a missionary. I'd read a bunch of his books, but um, it's an old one. If you can get it, it talks about, it's called Journeys to Significance by Neil Cole. Journeys to Significance. He talks about that book is um, Paul. 10 years in Tarsus, Barnabas gets him and takes him to Antioch. And then that's another 10 years through the three missionary journeys, which puts you at 21 years. And then he reaches Ephesus and reaches the whole world, man. (laughs) People think that that was fast, man. It took 23 years. It took 23 years to see the seven churches of Asia emerge, man. So uh, that book has been tremendously uh, encouraging to me, Journeys to Significance by Neil Cole.
0: Mm, yeah, Neil's been uh, a, a great encouragement to us and to me as well. Um, and that sounds incredible. And it's good. It's like, hey, what does it look like to glo- go slow um, so that you could actually see the multiplication take place and see the fruit uh, as that byproduct of uh, slow obedience uh, to Jesus? Over the long haul. One
1: other one other one I would t- say um um is um on our on our website onebody.church which is not a uh a, a, a play but if you go under the books um or resources section on there um one of our elders um is um is Damian Girk. And Damian actually um is one of the few people that um actually um uh, actually said yes that they do this stuff from the prevailing model of church that was highly educated okay mm. so he's got a book that he's written called in the way mm. in the way by damian by damian Girt. church as we know it can be a, a disciple movement again so i a shameless plug for that for people that are like hey um that actually are like, hey, I'm really interested in this, but here's the pr- that's this is a practitioner yeah. from his household, okay, that um has more degree that has degrees after his name, and it's a great book in the mm. way by Damien Girk.
0: Awesome, that's great. How can people uh, get in touch with you, or they want to be involved in something like this? How can people be in touch with you? Uh,
1: you can email me at, at um, uh, Lee.wood at one which is the number one, not, not written out Lee.wood at one um, dot church. And, um, yeah, that's the easiest way to, to get hold of me. Uh, if you want to get, uh, connected with one of those immersion experiences, they're right on our, you can sign up for them on the website. They happen every six weeks. So that's at, um, number one body.church, www.onebody.church. And that's a a resource that uh, that's dirt cheap. We know like it's like 40 bucks. We take care of the meals. They stay in homes. Mm. Uh, They happen every six weeks. That's a way to get connected to a church of churches in a Western in a Western context.
0: Excellent. Well, Lee, it was a fantastic conversation. Walking through what does it look like to ignite movements, be seeing movements being sustained, uh, disciples making disciples, um, and what does it look like to go slow, raise leaders, um, and uh, it was beautiful. So, thank you for this connection. Thank you for this uh, this podcast and this interview. It was uh, fantastic. So, thank you.
1: Yeah. You're welcome and best is yet to come, man. I'm like That's a right. parasite grow on you, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to see more episodes like this, Go to patreon.com slash shiftingculture and become a monthly patron of the show. You can help us produce more episodes so that we can see the body of Christ look more like Jesus. If you become a patron on patreon.com slash shiftingculture, uh, you will get early access to episodes. You will get episode guides. You will get bonus shows, hopefully, and more. So go to patreon.com slash shiftingculture and become a monthly patron.